tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? So we are here today because we want to talk, we want to give you the 101 on Psylocke. Now, if you went and watched uh, X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse, you would have seen that uh, Olivia Munn was playing Psylocke in this movie. She was introduced and uh, I, I, I don't know how how most people uh, are know her or if, you know. You know, she's a tough character. Because she's got enough, like, it's funny, her her backstory is massive to the point where it involves bodies. It's almost which, like she should be in the Summers family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was trying to seduce Cyclops at one point, so there, she was trying to get in. There you go. There <laughs> she's you like, go. I have criteria. Um, but she's, she's a very, she's a strong character with a lot of depth. But it's funny because <clears throat> she's got enough, like, recognition that, you know, if you put her up in a lineup, people be like, oh, I know who that is. She's from the X. At least they would get that. Right, right. And so she's got, she's got, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's, she's got good visual, visible exposure, you know. So people are definitely aware of her and know of her. You know, she's been in video games, uh, the cartoon shows. And now, you know, Olivia Munn has, has put her on the, the big screen, which is great. Um, but it's such a shame because the character has so much and I don't feel like the movie. Even, oh yeah, the movie didn't. It's like almost like the iceberg effect. You know, it's like you see this, and then but dope, dope, below those waters, there's so much more. So that's what you have to look forward to later in the episode. Right now, we're gonna go ahead and get updated on some comic book news. All right, so let's see if you are out there and you're reading comic books as you should. Because, <laughs> you know why not? All right, let's see what's going on in terms of the big two. Well. We have, with DC Comics, they're still on their DC Rebirth kick. This week, no real major news to report. Um, they're kind of having like a, an off week, uh, which is totally fine. You know, kind of we're, we're still seeing some books come out of the New 52. I think we had annuals today of Teen Titans and Grayson. Not too bad. Pretty decent books. Um, <clears throat> then we also had some more of the Dark Knight 3 vomit come at us <laughs> uh so that, that that was there uh but some stuff coming up on the horizon obviously rebirth will be coming at you we, we've got more books that still need to be rebirthed and a lot of heroes coming back and obviously the deep mystery will continue each week to see all right how does this what's going on who's the who's the i mean it's dr manhattan they've pretty much gone out there and said it so how you know how does this happen why is he doing it so that's what's going to be real interesting to see so i know i I think I was told or I was I read or I saw a video somewhere of the theory of the three jokers. Yes, okay. So have they actually shown three jokers in 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 Rebirth yet? Okay, so there's two images that we know of and I could be behind cuz I'm behind on my Batman readings. Um in JLA or sorry, Justice League number 50, the last Jeff Johns issue and the final part of the Dark Side War. We see an exchange between Bruce Wayne and Hal Jordan, you know, as Batman and Green Lantern, and they're talking, and, you know, Hal's like, hey, you know, I'm glad you're back, and Batman's like, well, I'm sorry, you know, I was wrong. And, you know, at first, Hal takes it as, oh, you know, don't worry about what you said about me, because he basically told him, he's like, dude, 
the, the rings, the hero, you're nothing, you know, so they're friends. That's a, that's a hurtful thing. But he was also implying he was wrong about the Joker and he does. He's like, yeah, there's three of them. And everybody's kind of like, what? There's three. And then in the DC rebirth special, we actually do see, um, actually maybe I'm confusing it. Maybe both had a panel or something, like that, but the, we do see an actual panel and it shows three jokers. And basically we've got one joker dating back to like Jerry Robinson, golden age era. Mm-hmm. We've got another Joker that's basically the killing joke Joker. Right. And then we've got the the modern Joker from... Uh, oh, the gosh. one that cut off his face and put it back Yeah, on. but after, yeah. So right. we had the slick haircut and stuff like that. So, so I think it, it's, a, it's a very interesting, uh, I guess, theory or story plot, uh, however you want to see it. I think... I, I wonder if it has anything to do with the way that Gotham has set up the Joker in that TV show. Uh, in the TV show, mm, that's right. the whole idea is that this Jerome character kind of put out this almost plague-like uh, notion, disease in people's minds as he was dying uh, or getting, as he was on TV and getting killed. That you know, everybody has a little bit of Joker in them, and Ooh. and only in certain people are releasing or not releasing, but like kind of letting that part of their mind uh, take over them. So. It, the idea is that you can have multiple jokers now and that's i mean that's kind of what that show set up yeah well i mean i, I can see I, I can definitely see them cherry picking i can see them taking some of that cuz jerome was kind of like hey let's try this and it struck a chord with people like it, it kind of like, did this was kind of cool and then okay he's done <laughs> you know <it> was kinda <laughs> like, no like people were actually like oh dude that's a shame so that's good when you do that when you create something and it actually gets a response you know so it's like okay well that 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 did have something um <clears throat> I, you know what uh, and i have to say this i think one of the biggest things that i think that was ever, like one of the i don't want to say it's a mistake because i really like the book origin Right, uh, the Wolverine book. Uh-huh. I really like that book, but I really wish they never would have given Wolverine that origin. Like, I wish it yeah. would have just it would have been still shaded in mystery. And even though, like, every writer has their, their like probably their pitch or their uh, their uh, their script of oh, I want to do a, a, a Wolverine back in the day, a little bit more of his history that he didn't remember, kind of thing, and and thus you have this crammed full of history of Wolverine of the forgotten years that he had. Oh God! Yeah. But I really don't want them to give an origin to the Joker. I love like in the Killing Joke when he's like, oh, well, maybe that is how it happened. Maybe it's not. You know? Well, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, and I agree with you. I think there's sometimes I think it's because okay, have we ever faced that in real life? Yes. Right. You know, somebody dies, somebody leaves, somebody vanishes, somebody did something, and you won't truly know why. And that's a part of life. And I think that's neat when comics have that, where it's like, okay, well, what's the Joker's secret identity? We don't know. We've heard, we've heard of Joe. We've heard of Jack. You know, we've heard him call himself Bruce, you know. Yeah. And it's one of those types of things. Like, it's, it's also like, okay, I, 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 I like the idea that in my interpretation of Batman, I know Gordon knows it's Bruce. Right. You probably agree with me on right. that. Right. But Gordon, don't state it. You know. Have those little moments where, you know, where, like, you know, Gordon shows up at the Wayne mansion. He's like, oh, you know, uh, it's been quiet for the past week. I just wanted to check up on you, make sure you're okay. And, you know, it's little winks and nods, but never a full confirmation. And I like stuff like that. Because if Gordon never figured that out, he wouldn't be worth his salt yeah, as, exactly. a, like as a detective. Yeah, exactly. Like Perry White. Yeah, Perry White. Perry White knows it's Clark. 
You know, the only good. Uh, yeah, a man can only have a tooth appointment at the dentist so many times. <laughs> well, but, but it's the same thing. It's like you're you're this huge reporter. You're this huge cop. You know better, right? You know, and and that's I think those are neat touches, and that's why, like, yeah, reciting the killing joke. I like that story because I think it was a very like I like the fact that because it gives something to the Joker. I like the fact that he. I think he knew. I think he knew his origin. But he tells himself, no, it was something else. Just so he doesn't have to live with that pain. Because that's the thing. The Joker is, you know, in that story, when it, like, it, it's funny because a lot of people always think, oh, it's a great Batman Joker story. No, it's not. It's a great Gordon story. It is. Because, you know, he comes into his home. You know, Batman can hide behind the mask. Gordon cannot. You know, how many, like, luckily we've never seen Two-Face or Poison Ivy show up at his doorstep. It's only been the Joker. And look what happened. You know, he paralyzed Barbara. You know, depending on how you read the book, maybe he, you know, raped her or, you know, who knows how far it went. That's that's what's neat about that is it's up to you. You decide that. Because, like, okay, I don't know if you heard this theory. That was out there for a while. A lot of people were saying that in Batman the Killing Joke, Batman killed the Joker. Because at the end of it, you see the laughter stop. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, that's cool. Like, if you want, if you want that book to be it, then that's it. That's the last Batman story right there. You know, um, do you remember? I don't know if you ever read that one. It was Armageddon 2001. I did. That, uh, so when they were doing the big crossovers right. back in 91 and stuff like that. And I think it was the Detective Comics Annual. It was either the Batman or Detective. And I thought it was neat because I remember the cover. It shows Batman in the dark. And then you can tell from some of the shadows that it's a jail cell. And you can see him in handcuffs. And I was like, what? You know, because <laughs> like that, that's a striking image. You know, I remember Emerald Dawn 2. Hal Jordan was behind bars. And it's like, whoa, these are superheroes. Why are they in jail? And so I bought that annual, you know, somehow I, I scraped up, I think, like the whole dollar twenty five or whatever, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. Right? God. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, and I read that thing so many times to the point where pages fell out, you know, because to me, when I read that, I read the last Batman story. Like I looked at that and I was like, this is this is how it goes down, because he finally admits his love for Selena. Um, she dies. He's on a tear. He goes out and has that final man, mano a mano fight with the Joker and the Joker dies. And that was it. And even himself, Batman laughs at the end of it. I was like, yep, I'm OK with that. That could have been. And, and that's the thing. The, the, the preceding words that could have been. And it's like, that's all I needed right there. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. You decide when Batman ends. So I think that's what's neat about those types of stories. But, yeah, once you go out and you take those those huge, you know, like um, suspicious areas and you define them as tough, because, like, to me, I feel like Wolverine lost something when he got his origin. Right. Yeah, it's a great story. It's a fun story. Um, but I, you took something away from the man only known as Logan, right? Like especially, how cool yeah. is that? You know, especially like, when you Logan. give him that. that he's t- he takes that name on because of some dude that he kind of had a father son relationship with. And, well, the, and to me, like I don't know, like that that was one of the things that. And then see, that's what's bad about those stories is they come in and now they give me something that I'm bugged about because like like picture this, okay? Your dad's an awesome dude, right? Right. And the gardener comes in and basically you find out the gardener's banging your mom, kills your dad. What are you going to do? I'll call myself. I'll, I'll name myself after the gardener. <laughs> you know, like call me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just a very. It was a very strange turn for some of the some of his 
characteristics, but yeah, I mean, I did like I did like the story overall. Oh yeah, no, overall, I was pleased with it. I, you know, reading it, I was like, all right, this was it was a worthwhile read. So going back to that Gordon thing, the fact that Two Face, Poison Ivy, or you know, Riddler never went there. You know, remember in the the last days of Bart Allen, when uh, when I think that's what it was called the the last days of or when Bart Allen died, basically. Oh, in his flash run. Right, right. Okay, okay. And uh, inertia killed him. Like, right. And so the after that all happened, the the rogues got together, captured inertia, threw him in front of the cops, and like, look, yeah, this he is made him a mistake. In the line, we so, don't do this. Like the idea there is that you know the the rogues are like, we don't kill flashes. We don't, you know, that's that's not what we do. Right. So do you think there's like this understood thing with the the criminals of Gotham's like we don't go after Gordon? Or, Ooh, and you know, I, that, what a great topic. What a really good but, topic. But, I mean, cause Two-Face did go out, did kill Gordon's second wife or first wife. One of the two. No, he, it was the Joker who killed Essen. He did the it during Joker the No did Man's kill Last. Essen. Remember? Cause she, she stumbled in and she found the Joker while the babies and he just turned around and kind of killed her. And he was like, well, that wasn't funny. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, Oh, Whoa. And it was like, what a horrible death. And even like, he even gets caught and he's like, that was one of the stupidest deaths ever. And just Gordon's <laughs> just like losing it, you know? And, and I think Batman was like, don't, you know, like, please, please don't. But I, I, I could see that vibe. And you know what? Using that story, I feel like exactly Joker's like inertia, where it's like everybody else. Because like, okay, Two Face, why wouldn't he go after Gordon? Because they were friends. They were friends. That's right. They were he, deep they friends. Came up the idea. You know, yeah, and then you know that night at the rooftop, and so obviously when it all hit the fan, you know it's. And I, I still think like even given the chance, if Two Face ever had the chance to kill Batman, I don't think he would because he's like, look, I understand what you do. You just pussyfoot about it. I'll go the extra mile. You won't. It's almost like a Punisher type of thing. So it's like he doesn't have hate for those men because at one point they were allies. Right. Yes, the insanity comes in, but, you know, it's kind of like the Harry Osborne thing. Harry wouldn't kill Pete. He wants to, and he's sick enough, but that's not because of who he is. That's because of, you know, the drugs and the goblin formula and the abuse. But Harry, if you could separate him, he cares so much. So it's kind of the same thing with Harvey. Um, You know, Catwoman, obviously she wouldn't. Penguin, I don't think he would because of all the heat it would bring down. Because he, Penguin now is more like a mob boss. Yeah, he's just a mob boss. He, he doesn't really do the whole robbing banks yeah. himself anymore. He's yeah, the he's one that trades out information. Order. Right. You know, has all the dirt. So, I mean, honestly, yeah, I could see that. I could see that there must be kind of an underlining rule. Like, look, we just screw with the bat. It's all about the bat. The Joker and probably some of the crazy hardcore lunatics, like, like well, I guess it's fine because there, there really is – there is almost like two type of criminal in Gotham City. <laughs> there's costumes and there's crazies. True. You know, like Riddler is a costume. Right. You know, so he, he, he'll screw around. But Mr. Zaz is crazy. He'll do it. You know, like he would show up at the doorstep. But see, and, I, I and think that's it. like when you have people like Zaz and, and Killer Croc and maybe even Clayface, they, they, they would probably do it, but they're not smart enough to figure that out. That's not, a good point. Not too. the whole no, like true. just look it up on in, on the on Google or in a phone book where, where his address. <laughs> you mean is. Gordon doesn't live at the police station? <laughs> but that's what the, their thought would be: is to go to the police station. Yeah. They wouldn't even think to go to his his home. That's true. So that's what. But but then you got people like the Joker and Crane and and Two Face that would think to go to his home. But as you were saying. Joker's the only one that would actually go to his yeah, home. He's the one that there are no holds barred. I mean, Christ! Uh, spoiler alert: He cut off Alfred's hand. 
You there know? you go. Like, so Joker, there are no limits to his, <laughs> his crazy. You know? He's so. going, you know, Alfred, every, okay, every time you ever, you ever read a Batman set in the future uh, book, you know, Alfred's always dead. Uh-huh. And, and it's it's always got it. I mean, which is obvious because he's older, and if it's set yeah. in the future, it's more than likely going to be yeah, old age, right? At the very least, yeah. at the very least. But it, even well, there was the was it tangent comics? Ooh, that, I, that, I don't know much about those. Well, I don't he, know of them. I he was read the, them. well, Batman was the Dark Knight, so okay. he was an Arthurian knight that uh, is cursed to live forever and protect. Wow! And I believe Alfred was his butler that his spirit lives on as like a, a ghost spirit that follows Bruce Wayne around uh-huh. this Arthurian knight that, that protects people as the dark knight. So he, even in, well, Batman, well, Batman million? beyond in, well, I know Batman beyond used him because it's funny. Alfred will eventually become the ghost in the machine. Yes, exactly. It's like in, in injustice, for example. Okay. Well, actually, no, I'll, I'll get to that one. I'm all, but uh, Superman, Batman generations, when Alfred died, his spirit would come visit Bruce Wayne. There you go. Um, in, oh, God, what was that one? I, I know I was totally talking your ear about it. Uh, the Future's End, New 52 Future's End. The program that talks to Terry McGinnis in the bat suit is called Alfred, A dot, you know. Of course. You know, so it's it's the acronym Alfred, but it, it talks like Alfred. It has the mannerisms. <laughs> I'm sure if we could hear comic books, it would have sounded like him. So, yeah, you always have Alfred's either the program system, like a Jarvis. A Jarvis. Or he's, you know, the, the gentle ghost who's at the site of any bat family. Um, well, that's what's going to be interesting. So I, I know you and I, on a, we were hanging out a day or two ago. And I was complaining about Injustice Year 5. I was like, God, there's so many inconsistencies in the book. And the the bizarro part of that storyline was just crap. But they recently did the Zaz. So they had Zaz comes in and he he kills Alfred. And it was like straight up like it was a it rocked the Bat family. It was it was actually that was some really good issues. But now I'm curious with Alfred being dead, what will they do? You know, because they did they had Dick Grayson. He's the new dead man, so he could phase in and like, oh, it's okay, Bruce, and da da da. da. So I'm like, <laughs> will we eventually see Alfred appear too? And like, hello, Master Wayne. <laughs> yeah, some it's, it's funny. Even even back. when he dies, he doesn't get to rest. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to do the dishes. <laughs> So, I talked quite a bit about DC. What about the Marvel side? All right, so the Marvel side. So, things that are going on. Um, we are in Civil War Two right now. Um, Civil War Two Issue 3. Go buy it. Something crazy is going to happen. Um, they're doing a midnight release. Some comic book store. So, go talk to your comic book store. See if they're going to do a midnight release. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, all we know is the big cliffhanger was um, the, the, the the new inhuman who can see into the future. He saw a Hulk. Basically, like all the heroes were dead at his feet and he's holding uh, Captain Marvel Carol and Tony Stark Iron Man in his hands and he's on a rampage. And so it's like, oh, what is that? What's that going to mean? So and everybody saw this vision. They all felt it, you know. So now that means um, Ulysses's powers they're growing, you know, to a point where it's like, wow, we all feel this. Um, and so the, the comic book ends with Carol, Captain Marvel showing up and like, Hey Bruce, can we chat? You know? And it's like, Oh, and they recently put out, uh, the totally awesome Hulk issue seven, if I remember correctly. So, and uh, Autumn, er, Cho. Yeah. yeah Amadeus Cho. Cho. He is currently our Hulk. And so this was a Bruce Banner episode and we find out that he doesn't have his rage, but he has his anger. 
Um, it was a real good moment between Tony Stark and Bruce Banner also, really. Like, if you haven't read it, go check it out. <laughs> the and, Science Bros. Yeah, well, like, it was neat because it was one of those things where it's like, you know, so everybody's freaking out when they see Bruce Banner. And so Tony comes and he's like, dude, you need to chill. Like, what's going on? You know, like, because this is happening in a casino. So everybody's like, we're afraid to lose to Banner or we're afraid to beat Banner because he's going to Hulk out. And so they start talking. It gets heated. And at one point, you just see Banner yelling and he raises his hands up and slams on the table. And you're expecting these two giant green fists. Nope, it's two puny little human hands. <laughs> and he's kind of like, all right. And he's like, look, I, you know, I, I never asked for this. This is what happened to me. And, you know, and then I can't trust you. You're my friends. And what did you do? You shot me out in the space. I was going to say, you that's know? what the, the him destroying parts of Las Vegas was what uh, started Planet, uh, yeah, Planet Hole. And that's what they were even referencing. Like, dude, you're in Vegas. Um, I don't think you know, but people didn't forget. You know? <laughs> I did. No, but, uh, but so anyway, so yeah, so it was a really good moment. So I don't know. For me, my theory, I don't know if we're allowed to spitball theories out here. Oh, but, yeah. So the, the big thing is we have a midnight release variant cover, you know, like 1 in 100 or something like that. And it's actually going to be a Jack Kirby variant. And it's like, wait, Jack Kirby, he's been he's been dead longer than we've been fans in some cases, you know. Um, so they're doing a lot of their finding sketches and they're basically having other people, you know, ink it and finish it. Right. Uh, we recently had that with Turner. They put like three books out there, uh, a Spider-Man, Batman Rebirth and Justice League Rebirth, and they still have more to come. And so with that, we're going to have a Kirby one. And so I was thinking about it, and it kind of, like, they, they showed a cover, and it's the totally incredible Hulk, or totally awesome Hulk, and you see his big green fist, and he's crushing a bunch of arrows. So that means, okay, Hawkeye and Hulk, and obviously Tony Stark's in the, mix, in the big mix of this stuff. Um, we have, if you buy, like, X amount of copies of Amazing Spider-Man, you'll get, like, The Accused. If you buy X amount of copies of Iron Man, you'll get The Fallen. So there's these two spinoff books, The Accused and The Fallen. So basically, in, with, my, with my, what I'm seeing here, with Kirby and those types of books, it comes down to Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Hulk. And Kirby's had, you know, some background with those characters because they're very Marvel-age Marvel characters. You know, like, obviously it can't be Captain Marvel because I don't think Kirby ever worked on her. So she's in the free and clear. So I think what's going to happen is the Fallen is going to be Bruce Banner. Bruce is dead. And the accused is Hawkeye because of the arrows. Um, So what's the big variant cover? Maybe it'll be like a Hawkeye Hulk face-off or something, you know, something he drew that we haven't seen. So it's it's going to be interesting. So hmm. that's coming up. So Civil War 2, Part 3. Um, Spider-Man, uh, Dead No More, turned out to be the clone conspiracy. So for all you fans out there, you know, if you love your Spider-Man, your clones, now's the time to do it. If you love your <laughs> endurance, I think you've had enough time rest since the clone saga, so it's going to be neat. Again, another spitball in theory. I'm hoping I get Ben Riley back. I love me some Scarlet <laughs> Spider. I can't wait to see him come back. Um, so that's from the big two. On a, on a personal note today, um, the not a personal note, but it's a character near and dear to my heart. Okay. So Dynamite has released the final issue of The Spirit. So this marks his 70th and no, his 75th anniversary. We've had 75 years of Will Eisner's The Spirit. So this last year, Dynamite Entertainment, one of the other comic book companies, did a 12-issue Spirit comic book. All 12 issues have finally been released. Do yourself a favor. Go out and read them. Do it for Will. Do it for yourself. Have some fun. <laughs> and that's your comic book minute. No. There you go. Uh, all right. You know, one of our uh, one of our fellow Geek Elite Radio uh, hosts and frequenter on the Facebook page had sent in a 
uh, not so much a challenge as just uh, uh, one of our one of his one of our little like uh, listener challenges, I guess you want to call it. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's John Camarena from uh, the Geeks Watch that I do with him, and he wanted to, he wanted us to to tackle why the last man in uh, specifically me and DC and you in Marvel. Gotcha. So uh, with that in mind. I have to. I have to admit, I, I've never read a Why the Last Man comic book. Right. I know it's he's the he's the last male uh, mammal, other than his pet monkey. Yeah, they they come down to. So it's neat because the Y chromosome. So Why the Last Man, and his name's also York. Yeah. So he yeah, gets that that part, and in the, in the whole idea is that he. I, I I mean I'm guessing he's the last man, and he goes on adventures and. I don't know. I have no well, idea what else happens. In like the I know it's not necessarily it goes on adventures, but it's crazy because like, okay, have you seen the movie Children of Men? Yes, I could see some parallels between that um, because what happens is we have we have um, you know like some of the women think he's like the man, so they want to mate with him, and some of the women are like, well, he's a man, so they want to kill him. Mm. So he's you know he's kind of he's on the run. He's you know, having friendships, he's having enemies, you know, it's, it's all over the place. So it just, it puts him in the, the monkey. And again, I never read this. That was just what I gleaned from, cause I know they were talking about like either a movie or a TV show I, with I Shia remember, LaBeouf. I remember there being talks of a movie and yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I was kind of, it piqued my interest. Like it's definitely one I'll have to sit down and read just because, you know, it's creative. It's like, Hey, what a cool idea. And Brian came on, which you know, I, I yeah, love, he's done some stuff. I love I love the Runaways. The Runaways is one of my favorite books of all time. So I know he's got other books out there too. I th- he does uh, Invincible too, doesn't he? Or am I thinking of someone else? No, Invincible goes back to Kirkman. Oh, that's right. Uh, BKV Kirkman. did. Uh, well, you, you, did you say Runaways? Yes. Okay, he did Runaways. I know he's done some DC work. Oh, he I, does Saga, right? I don't know. I'm, uh, I think he does I'm saga. one of the ten people in the world who's not reading Saga. <laughs> well, I, I'm one of the other ten people. <laughs> We are together. We make S <laughs> the last men who haven't read. <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. So uh, I'll go first, and I, I have to. I have to be honest. I I got it real easy because I remember reading this story in 2000 called uh, JLA Created Equal, and in that story, uh, Superman, who's off planet at the time, uh, comes back, and all the male, uh, all all the male population has died off yep. from plague. And it's only females left. And I remember uh, the first thing I think I remember him doing is he sees uh, the Green Lantern on a beach. And he goes down there and it ends up being Barbara Gordon. And Barbara Gordon has the Green Lantern because it, it goes to her after, I'm assuming, Hal dies. Uh-huh. And uh, you were maybe at the time Kyle. Kyle. Kyle, yeah. Oh, Kyle, Kyle died. So, so Kyle would have died and uh, she gets that and she's able to use her legs again because she's a Green uh-huh. Lantern. So I remember all that, and then, um, and uh, you know, eventually he finds Lois, and, and they end up having a kid together. But it, it is a great story, and if you uh, want to, it's 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 written by Fabian Nasia Nasiva Nasia something like that, and and the artist was Kevin McGuire. So it's a very good book. Two issues. It's an Elseworld, obviously, and you know. A, it says a, a cosmic storm passes through the planet Earth, bringing with it a mysterious plague, which nearly kills the entire male population. An event later referred to as the Fall. The only two men to uh, who survive are Superman and his arch enemy Lex Luthor. Now, Lex Luthor was 
uh, they, they they account that Superman was able to survive it because he's Kryptonian, right. and and Lex Luthor because he has his battle suit, the one that he usually uses to fight off Superman. So uh, with that, I remember at the end of the first book is when he uh, Superman they 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 posit that Superman though he doesn't feel the effects of the plague, he still might carry the plague. Yeah. So any male heirs after that point. Or males would suffer, that would suffer. yeah, would, would would die off. So he leaves the planet altogether, uh, leaving Luther, the only male on the planet, to raise the, or help raise these children if they need be helped. I mean, you know, that's yeah. the whole woman thing. Anyways, <laughs> they, but they're using Kryptonian DNA to help make males after that point. Yeah. So when Luther then uses the offspring to try and take woman's world back over... Uh, Superman comes back to be like to defeat Lex Luthor in the second book. Right. So it, I, I remember reading it and really liking the idea just to see how things change, especially like the, the Green Lantern thing. Yeah, well, it was a fun. It was a fun Elseworlds. You know, right. It was one of those ones because it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen with the Justice League now? Are we going to see you know Power Girl, uh, Oracle, Wonder Woman? You know, obviously somebody else will pick up the Green Lantern ring. Jesse Quick, you know. Marsh Manhunter, can he? Would he survive? Would he not survive? You know, and and fun stuff like that. And it's funny because I think you have the information handy. When did that? When did that Elseworlds come out? Publication date was two thousand. So this is what's funny because for um, why the last man? I totally think Brian K. Vaughn must have been like, that's a great story. <laughs> and instead of it being Superman and Lex Luthor, he made it the Man and the Monkey because that publication date would have well, its earliest was September of twenty of two thousand two. Wow. I mean, so it's interesting that, you know, I mean, it, it happens, you know, sometimes you just get inspired. And, and The Last Man on Earth is know, a story that's been around oh, yeah, for a had, while. We've had plenty of those. So. But this, but the fact that it's just the men that are killed off, yeah. it's very, very interesting. You're, you're yeah. right. So. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe Which, there was some inspiration that led to that. Just talking about this story right now kind of reminded me of that. Um, do you remember? It was, a, it was a JLA story, and it wasn't an Elseworld, but it was an actual JLA story. Where each one of the seven came up with their own Justice League, and the A stood for something oh, else. Oh, Justice Leagues, and then it was yeah, Justice League of Air, Justice League of Aliens, and Justice League of Arkham. When Batman yeah. decided to make a bunch of, <laughs> in order to make a team, I'll, <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. So I just remember that, just because uh, there was uh, what was it? The Justice League of Amazon is what Woman came oh, yeah. up, or Wonder Woman came up with, and it was just uh, it was a female, a bunch of females, like, yeah. and and I remember it. She had. She had Power Girl on the team, but then Power Girl was like, "Well, I kind of belong to the Justice League of Atlantis." No, aliens. Or a- yeah, well, no, I think she did all three, maybe. Atlantis, there was aliens, aliens, yeah. And then, yeah. So that was interesting. And then the Justice League of Angels had Zariel and uh, Supergirl on it because she was supposed to be an Earthborn now, Earthborn angel. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Sorry, that was that's no, kind of that off was, topic. No, but whatever. that was such a, like okay, if, you know, we we love sharing stories with you. That was a fun one. Yeah, it was Justice Leagues. Um, Let's see. So we had the, the so it was tucked in between the two bucks: Justice League's Justice League question mark and Justice League's JLA number one. And in it, we had four series: Justice League of Amazons, of Atlantis, of Arkham, and of Aliens. And actually, it was funny because I remember um, George Perez did work on that, and I am a huge George Perez fan. So that was so cool. So I was like, all right, well, it's the, the big seven Justice League, you know, and it's, it's going to play with some, some, you know, ideas and whatnot. So it was, it was a really cool story. So, yeah, we had, let's see, the Justice League of Aliens with Superman and Martian Manhunter. They were the leaders. 
Justice League of Amazons with Wonder Woman, Justice League of Arkham with Batman, Justice League of Atlantis, Aquaman. And then, you know, cameos, Justice League of Adventure with Wally, uh, Justice League of Air with Kyle, and then the Justice League of Anarchy with Plastic Man, and then Justice League of Apostles with Zario. That's right. So it was cool that, you know, they, they, they did all this stuff. And, yeah, you, you had, like, let's see, I think it was Power Girl, so she, she's listed here on the Amazons. Um, she is listed on the Atlantis. And... and did Superman not give her a role in the aliens? Yeah, no, I guess not. Yeah, it's like you're overtaxed. Get out of here. We don't. We don't need to do in this. But then that whole the whole thing ended with uh, each one of them coming, or like it started off with Superman. I believe he's like, I feel like we should call it Justice League of America. And then the rest, of, like I remember Aquaman getting really upset, like you arrogant son of a like. <laughs> America is a small portion of the world, really. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually they're all like, "It does sound right, though." <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was a fun one. I, I well, I, I missed that. I missed that time when DC when they would call them fifth week events. So whenever a month is that would what have, that was? Yeah, was it a fifth would, week event? Yeah, whenever you'd have five weeks in a month, and it's like, yeah, let's just put out a story, and you know, the Joker's last laugh. Um, I remember that Day of Judgment. You know, they were so the Justice Society returns, which birthed the JSA book again. Yeah. Those were those were great events, you know. The Kingdom Come sequel, Kingdom, you know. Those were I, I miss those. You know, I was, <laughs> well, they were fun because they, you know they would they'd be these neat little stories, sins of youth, sins of youth. Oh man, you know there was great so story. much good stuff that came out of them, and, and it was cool because you know you got your heroes reimagined. You know, so you're, you're you know obviously this is why we have our podcast because those were <laughs> that's what it was. It was storylines like that where it's like, hey, what if what if the, the Justice League was only restricted to this or that or the other, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Some great storylines to look up there. <laughs> so, in the Marvel side, who would be your your last man? All right. So, if I if I'm restricted to just like how the the story goes with a man and an animal, um, that man I'm gonna pick. I'm going with Rick Jones. I like it just because I feel like he's had enough. Like, like okay, you kind of like the way that the, 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 you know using that created equal story where it's like okay, well, why does this guy just survive? And maybe there's some explanation in why the last man. I haven't read it, so I don't know if there's a reason why that man is special, or maybe that's part of what the book is. Like, well, why is he special? But I would argue because Rick Jones, you know, I mean, we we know he can survive cosmic radiation because of his time as Captain Marvel. We know he can survive gamma radiation because of his time as a bomb. You know, so he's been exposed to this stuff. He's of good physical prowess because he was at one point, you know, a Bucky substitute for Captain America. You know, he's held his own with the Avengers. You know, he was a major factor on the Kree scroll roar. Kree skull scroll, scroll war. There you go. <laughs> say that three times fast. Scroll is just a weird <laughs> word because you want to say skull. Yeah, it never comes out right. You're like the red scroll. Why did it come out now? <laughs> oh man, can you picture that? A skull with that weird little chin. Ugh, that's an ugly mofo. Um, but so anyway, so yeah, I would go Rick Jones. And then when it comes to an animal, which animal would I have? I would take Lockjaw from the Inhumans. Wow. And I think that would be great because that can explain like why you can teleport around sometimes, why he can keep his movement. You know, and so how awesome would that be where you see like, okay, you know, obviously Storm's going to be the de facto leader of the mutants, you know, um, the leftovers. Uh, uh, oh, Medusa of the Inhumans, right. you know, uh, probably have, you know, the, the Black Widow of the Avengers. And so, you know, at some points where it's like you could probably see like, okay, the Avengers are like, all right, Rick, just come 
in and we'll help you. So maybe that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get to the Avengers. And you could see like the Inhumans are like, no, we want our dog back, you freak. Get over here, you know. <laughs> and then the mutants are just kind of like, we're an endangered species. You know, they might be the, like the, the, you know, the crazy six-hounded ones who would be like, we need you to populate the world. <laughs> and you could see him kind of like pause and like, hmm. You know, and that's when Lockjaw just blinks him out. And he's like, damn it, Lockjaw. <laughs> I was going to say yes. Um, and if I couldn't get him, I think just in that humor aspect, probably Johnny Storm would be a good secondary pick. That would be funny. Um, that would be funny. I think, you know, it gives you the good humor You could play, play it off as that if it was a plague, you know, his constant fire was just able to burn yeah, off the plague. Yeah, it off, so that's him. why I didn't come to him, yeah. I like, uh, I like the idea of Rick Jones because I really wish the Marvel Cinematic Universe had incorporated Rick Jones in some yeah. way, either in the TV show, the Netflix shows, or the movies. And I, I get that's what Coulson is. Agent Coulson is kind of like your, your Rick Jones because he travels between the worlds. Right, but, but give now us Rick he, Jones and Coulson. Well, well, that's the thing is that he's now just on the on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They don't involve him in the movies anymore. Right. I would love the Netflix shows to involve Rick Jones. He would be the character that would go between shows at this point. Oh, could you imagine Claire you have Temple. him at the... At the, the, the street level? That right, works. exactly. That totally works. And he's the first street level to rise to Avenger level, you know, where, yeah, you, you, you put him in with some kind of cosmic force power or something like that. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's true. His absence, you know, like, it's, it's one of those things like, okay, yes, Rick Jones and Snapper Carr, yes, they were goofy-ass characters, <laughs> you know, because people, like, a lot of people forget why kid sidekicks were invented. Kid sidekicks were you. When you would read this book... You were reading it through the kid sidekick's eyes. You were traveling around with yeah, Captain so America. Like when you read you were... Batman, you were Robin. That was the whole point of it. So when he talks to you, you know, because, and plus, yeah, nobody wants to read a bunch of caption boxes or thought bubbles. So you, you get the dialogues. So that's what they were. And, you know, when you, when you put all these teams together, you know, you couldn't very well just say, okay, well, it's the, the Super 7 and Robin, you know. So they decide, okay, well, let's use Snapper Car. And he became their mascot slash AKA you. And the same thing happened with the Avengers. They were like, well, you know, and I, I guess actually they did take the kid's sidekick because he was the Hulk sidekick. Right. And then so they were just like, well, you know, he's a cool character. We'll keep him in. And, and, and there you go. He'll be a part of it. And, you know, obviously comics like uh, tastes change. Yes. Story's gotten deeper and whatnot, but there's still a respect to character growth. A really good writer will find a way to use a character instead of throwing it away. And we don't see that. And those were two sad characters that just kind of got tossed on the wayside. But if you do want to read some Rick Jones, read the current Captain America Steve Rogers book because you'll see him there and you'll see what he's up to. There you go. Uh, I, I, one, one thing with yours, and I know I'm, I'm making, instead of talking it as why the last man, I'm taking it back to created equal. But would you have someone take up the Captain America mantle since, Cap, since Steve Rogers would be dead? Well, let's see. Okay, if we're looking at so if I if I the why the last man I would just have Rick Jones be Rick Jones and all that. Right, right. Now, if I did a book like Created Equal, right, exactly, because you know like how yeah. Barbara Gordon became the new Green Lantern. Would you have someone in the Marvel universe become the new Captain America? Because like they feel that Captain America is a symbol that oh, still yeah. needs to it's be around. A symbol that needs to. I, I honestly like that's one where Shannon <clears throat> Carter would probably step up to the plate. See, I, I I like that, but she doesn't have any like she she never got the super soldier sword. Well, true, but I mean, but that's one of those things where you, you you could argue that it's like well, it's not the powers that make it, you know, it's it's the idea behind it, and with her being you know the the closest tie to anybody in this realm, it would I would definitely go her. That's that's my argument. For and it. I know that you would hate me for this because it gets rid of it gets rid of one legacy for another, but I would want to put in. 
Carol Danvers as as Captain Honestly, Mar- well, Captain America. Yeah, I could see that too because she would, with her being of military background, right. I could see her totally doing that. And yeah, she's just the captain from that point forward. Yeah. She's just, or actually, at that time of publication, she was Miss Marvel. So that's the that's the logical step. That's she's why she became Captain, Captain Marvel because she's <laughs> Captain Marvel and Captain America's legacies. Um, but playing on this, I had this in the back of my mind. I would think if I did it, the created equal. So it's an Avengers. You know, what if my two males that would survive? I'm putting it out there as Tony Stark and Doctor Doom. <laughs> I want those two to be the guys that you know. Here's your Doctor. Here's your Lex Luthor and your Superman. Because again, you know, Iron Man being in the costume, and, and I think it would be such a, like it would be funny because Tony is going to be distracted. He's the only man on the planet, you know. So it's like <laughs> Jarvis install chastity belt now. <laughs> Don't tell me the overrides because I will. I'm going to screw this up. And Doom would be the one guy who's like, all right, how do I capitalize this? You know, or it's like, hey, obviously I'm the king because I'm the only male. So I think that'd be fun to put them in the Luther, um, Luther Superman shoes for that story. Fair enough. So, hopefully, John, we we answered your question or at least uh, went around your question. Uh, that's uh, w- what we thought of that. And uh, now we get on to Psylocke. So, as we were saying, uh, X Men uh, Apocalypse, she appears and then yep. becomes furniture. She kind of just <laughs> gets moved along with the story. Wherever she's Apocalypse good, is, she's there. Good eye candy. <laughs> I hate to go that route, but I felt like that's what she got reduced to. Uh, she really did. Um, I mean, she was kind of just just the the costume, which I I, I kind of what I felt like is, in this one is that they were like, oh. People really like it when you stick close to the costumes that they know. And then they were like, oh, we don't really need to worry about any other story. Or oh, my God, yeah. It's like, okay, thank you for like giving that. us the costume. Good job. <laughs> you know, good job for the guy who got paid to lube her up and help her get into that <laughs> costume. Um, but, yeah, it's like, can, can the character have some death? Because here's the part that kills me. She works for Caliban? What the <laughs> fuck? was that and this would be okay so then let's get into her 101 okay when when did she first appear so her first appearance goes back to december of 1976 back in captain britain number eight so this one is not an american comic book this is one of those marvel uk books so this in her name is elizabeth betsy braddock and she is the sister of captain captain britain uh um brian braddock yeah brian Braddock, (laughs) Braddock, captain britain and yeah so she is she is of royalty and I was thinking to myself, like, why they still could have kept her royalty? Like, that would have been one of the reasons why Apocalypse wants to take her. It's like, oh that man, makes sense. You see me take a princess, dude. <laughs> I'm on it. You know, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so yes, um, when you when she first appeared, she would be kind of usually like in a little peach type flowery dress uh, costume. Um, you know, uh, she was white. I believe she had the purple hair, and she definitely seemed very timid. Uh, and then through a series of events, that's where we currently have her as the Psylocke that we're used to right. seeing. So created by Chris Claremont, because, you know, he did a lot of creating. <laughs> yeah. And if it wasn't Stanley, it was probably Chris Claremont that's in the true, Marvel actually, When it comes to the, well, <laughs> definitely for the X-Men, for sure, yeah. If it wasn't a Stanley thing, it was definitely a Chris Claremont. And um, when she first sh- when she first appeared, she was very British, and like you said, and she had purple hair for some reason. Yep. And uh, eventually... I don't know. Do you know the year that she became the Japanese ninja? I want to say, oh man, like I think it was late '80s. I think it was late '80s. Oh, I, I can I can definitely find that. Um, but yeah, I want to say I think it was late '80s because I, I want to say I think that might have been something that happened with Jim Lee. 
Okay. You know, like I mean, around his time. So he was like late 80s, early 90s. Which, see which would make sense. So she did she have the same powers when she was uh, the British version of herself? Well, when she first came about, she was actually more uh, presented as a precog. So, so she actually would, you know, like kind of like how Destiny was in the X-Men. Right. Like, oh, I can see this is going to happen. And then eventually it was just kind of like, oh, well, nobody really pays attention to her. So we'll make her a telepath. So they gave her that. And I think it was probably because of the, the physical weapon. Because she would, I believe she still had the psychic knife. She okay. still had that back then. Um, but yeah, so no, she, she definitely had the precog. Um, you know, limited fighting skill, but that was about it. So, you know, for the most set, the power set was there. And obviously with time, she got better at it, you know. So then she, uh, so as as we're talking about, if it's if it is Jim Leeds, late eighties, they go ahead and revamp her character, and she becomes her consciousness is is moved into that of a uh, Japanese ninja fighter assassin chick, yeah, Kawan, I believe, and is she the name. so she, she then takes on the martial arts skills and and given the more iconic look that we know Psylocke for today. Especially, it's exactly what she looks like in the movie. Yep. Actually, I apologize. I was wrong about that. Um, she was running around with the X-Men, and it was the hand. They kidnapped her. They basically like worked her over, reprogrammed her, and all that stuff. And basically, she believed herself to be Lady Mandarin, and that's when she got the psychic knife. So she could totally turn around and focus her telepathy into that you know famous uh, weapon that she has. So, right. Well, that's when that happened. Okay. Well, there you go. So with that, she then... Goes in and becomes, uh, you know, more part of the X-Men universe and has her her connection to Brian Braddock still. And then her other brother, uh, Jamie Braddock, I believe it's his name. The one that that does all the string theory and and world-shaping powers. Right. So, I mean, that's just something to throw out there, that the Braddock family has quite a bit of power amongst them. They they definitely, yeah, it's... um... Well, it's interesting because it, and it's kind of a it's kind of a neat play because you know when you look at like British royalty, you know they are of of God, they're of chosen, you know. So it's funny how because like on the American or at least the way that they they portray it, it's like oh well, you know the the mutants they were formed in the the, the image of the devil, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because in England they're like, dude, we love Captain Britain, that's awesome. <laughs> and meanwhile, here in America, like no, they're devils. And so it's funny because yeah, you have a lot of British royalty is superheroes. There you go, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, in it, like you were saying in the movie, she becomes part of Cala, or she working for Caliban, right? And in in the in the books, he's more of a Morlock, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's always been like basically like okay. So he's 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 Cerebro. Okay, like, he, that's what he he's a he's a bloodhound of mutants. So he's it's able like, to okay, find and identify I can find, Yeah, and so that's what he was, and and basically that's what it was. Because, you know, the, the, the Morlocks, they're not going to have, you know, technology like that. So, okay, how do you solve that problem? You make a mutant who fits that criteria. And so they had Caliban. And Caliban, and Caliban was always portrayed as a creeper. Because there'd be times where, like, the X-Men would go down into the Morlocks and whatnot. And, like, Kitty Pride got knocked out at one point, And, like, he stole her body and kept her. <laughs> for like a couple of days and he's like this is my wife Caliban is so happy you know and you're like dude this guy is like what, what's that damn thing from the Lord of the Rings you know, he's, <sighs> Spiegel yeah he's that you know he's essentially that he's a whack job am, am I wrong or at one point was Caliban actually a uh, horseman nope you are correct okay. so eventually he found his way onto the 
the X Factor book. And the X Factor book was created because a writer was like, I missed the original X-Men. Let's make a book. So they basically had to force Jean Grey back from the dead, force Cyclops out of his marriage, and, you know, cancel the Defenders and bring back the rest of the X-Men. So you had Angel, Beast, and Iceman come join Scott and Jean, and they formed X Factor. And X Factor was a weird concept. So what they would do is they would basically dress up as Ghostbusters and they'd go <laughs> capture mutants. And basically when they captured the mutant, they were like, okay, well, don't worry. We're going to train you in the use of your power. And then they would go to the mutant bigot and be like, well, it's going to cost you like $10,000. That's our service <laughs> fee. So they were like, yeah, you know, this way we, we teach the, the mutant haters a big lesson financially and we can recover mutants and save them from potentially situations. Uh, but then, so they would run around in two costumes. And when they were seen in their superhero costumes, they pretended to be the exterminators. And then you'd see, you know, so you'd see them tied between the two. And eventually at one point, the Morlocks took it really bad. It was the, uh, I think it was the Fall of the Mutant storyline. So basically when Mr. Sinister was like, and at the point he wasn't Mr. Sinister. We didn't know who it was. But somebody ordered a hit on all the you know the the lesser mutants and stuff like the strongest will survive so and this is you know kind of leading up to apocalypse but even then he was created but he wasn't a part of this and so the morlocks came to live with x factor for a while and so that's when caliban was like you saved me i'm in your service what can i do for you so they made him a member and when Warren, when his wings were destroyed, he was crippled, and at, at one point he basically got into his plane and he was going to fly and crash the plane, committing suicide. Because he was like, well, if I can't fly, I don't want to live. And at the last moment, that's when Apocalypse teleported him out, and he's like, I'll, I'll give you your wings back. I'll give you the ability to fly if you become my horseman. And so that's when he became death. And so when Caliban now got bumped up to being an X-Factor member because they needed somebody, you know, he saw Archangel, he saw Warren, and he's like, if you can do that to him what could you do for me? And then he pledged service to apocalypse. And that's why he went from like the scrawny body to being the big buff hulking, right. uh, you know, the, the guy who actually went toe to toe with Sabretooth. you know? So I wonder if that's the reason, I mean, that, that's the connection there might've been why they threw him into the movie. Uh, cause the story, I mean, otherwise he didn't, I don't see, I don't really see him. They didn't need him to find other mutants because apocalypse already was doing well, well enough yeah he was totally like oh i can do this by myself i don't need (laughs) i don't need you like yeah because yeah and then you would think like obviously if he needed caliban he would have recruited caliban right and there could have been another horseman but but no he took took psylocke instead because if i remember correctly i don't think storm's ever been a horseman probably not i don't think she has oh she has oh we have a third person here that's that's shaking his head that yes he she has but that's interesting then i I don't remember that storyline uh, what you're not confusing it with a what if not? <laughs> what story? What story do you think of when you think when you think of Psylocke? I guess for me, I, I, I definitely, I never really. It was funny because X Men, obviously for me, it was the cartoon, and she wasn't one of for the me main, as well. Yeah, and she wasn't one of the main cast, and you know it was hard, you know, buying comic books as a kid because you only had so much money. So X-Men didn't necessarily always make the pull list. And when I did, I was buying more like the older stuff. So I guess for me, the biggest moment I really remember her was X-Men Onslaught. You know, when they when they had the big team together. Now, she didn't have a major role in that series, but I do remember her being a part of the team. Um, another one that comes around is when they, when they had the whole X-Men... Um, it was around 2000, and it was finally like Apocalypse was like, okay, it's time to make my move and, and put it out there and, you know, ascend to the next level. She was in that, 
you know. So um, she played a good part. I guess honestly, like I would say, probably more more modern comics is where I see her. Like everything past X Men versus Avengers. You know, I've seen her in Uncanny, and and she's doing a good job there. Uh, I know in X Force, she she played a good job. Like she kind of popped up on my radar once her and Warren Archangel Angel once they kind of got together. So that's why I started seeing her there. So I like her because she's definitely like. It shows her caring, you know, because for a while she was kind of like, you know, this mysterious woman, like, what's her deal, you know? And and even then when she had the first body switch, they were kind of like, can we trust her? Is she her? You know, how does this go about? So for me, I guess it would it, it would honestly be more modern comics that um, I see her. I see her. In. Yeah, I, I would say the same. I, I, I would say, yeah, I think my first introduction to her was the 90s X-Men TV show cartoon and uh i i think she had maybe one episode maybe two episodes yeah like i know she would have played a part towards the end when uh apocalypse was capturing all the um oh shoot whatchamacallit all the telepaths Uh and they were in those jars floating around you know stuff like that so i know i know she had a couple appearances with that so then i think the one story that i remember reading with her in it like when i was reading comic books uh was i remember there was i think it was the hand was carrying around uh, her old body, her British body, and then she came out because they thought that she was dead, and she thought she was dead, and then she goes to figure, find out that she was dead, and that her brother Jamie had brought her back to life because he was able to uh, rearrange reality. However, to yeah, bring Captain Britain's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's been touched by Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, and then that was because he was. I remember the the artist drew it as. The way Jamie saw the world was just a bunch of ribbon, and he how he could un, he could pull some ribbon and undo something, and then and then put it back together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly, I didn't quite understand the book, but I remember reading it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was the beginning of her coming back into modern comics because she was dead at the time. Yeah, because that's right, they did kill her off. I think in Extreme X Men. So with Chris Claremont giveth, he can taketh. You know, <laughs> so he, he took her away, and she she had a, a, an absence for a while. And this was something as I was looking through her information. She was actually once the Apocalypse Horseman death. She actually did serve some time. I think everybody at one point has served as death. It, it definitely <laughs> feels like it. It's, that's that's definitely the hot seat to start putting people there. Um, so where do you know where we can find her now? Well, right now she's she's doing a good job. Um, she's running over in Uncanny X-Men. So basically she is Magneto's second hand. Um, she's on the team for her own reasons because obviously some stuff is happening with Warren. Uh, we currently see Warren in two forms. We see him in his teenager young form with the flame cosmic wings right. in all new X-Men. And we see the metaled wing Archangel in Uncanny X-Men. So she's over there and she's basically like, yeah, what's what's going on? And, and how do I how do I help this out? How do I you know fix it? How do I get Warren back? Because, you know, the current day Warren Worthington is brain dead. We don't we don't know much about him. So that's kind of what this um, Ages of Apocalypse I think it's called it. No, Apocalypse War. That's what that miniseries is doing. So it's tying into Uncanny, Extraordinary, and All New. And so she's definitely a character in the Uncanny book. And then speaking of Apocalypse, at the end of X-Men Apocalypse, uh, spoiler if you hadn't watched it yet, but uh, she kind of just slinks away after after the X-Men take care of Apocalypse, or more I should say Phoenix takes care of Apocalypse. Yeah, right. And uh, she just slinks away. So obviously they're keeping her for the next movie. Well, I think I know the actresses, and it's funny because it's 
it's funny what you know right now you, you, like i think today they announced some actor was like he was kind of putting it out there that he wants to play the Sentry, you know. So they showed him buying the Marvel Legend and a bunch of comic books. And it's like, yeah, I want to play the Sentry. And so, you know, you have Olivia Munn. And she's like, oh, I totally think it'd be great to have Daredevil and um, Psylocke team up. That'd be a great film. It's like, what? What? <laughs> when did those two, like... Look, I mean, <laughs> you gotta, you got to give her credit because they did a lot of publicity before, before X-Men Apocalypse came out with showcasing Olivia Munn is going to be a uh, Psylocke. And she's almost not used in the movie. Oh, God, no. She's not, I mean, they, they screwed up. <laughs> they really did. So uh, I, I, I can only imagine she's just like, oh, please put me in something else where I can uh, be used. And uh, and it's it's unfortunate. However, I want to get back to this other thing that you decided to just drop on me. I, didn't, I hadn't heard this about someone wants to play Sentry. One, I would never imagine in a million years in Marvel Cinematic Universe we would see uh, the Sentry because he's way too out there. I literally just watched Mitch pull the brakes <laughs> mid-sentence. There was an, I, I wish I can't wait till we start doing the video. And I really want to know who this uh, star celebrity is that uh, wants to play this. Let me see if I can find because this real quick. I don't know. That, that is that is incredible to play uh, uh, Bob Reynolds. All right, here we go. So. I found it through the news source, always reliable, bleeding cool. <laughs> Justin Kalus- K- Kaluskin, um, he was an uncredited guard in Iron Man 3, but he's he, he, there's a picture of him on his Twitter holding a bunch of uh, Sentry stuff. I'll, I'll pass the uh, image on to you there. Yeah, I, yeah this guy is, is nobody. I've never <laughs> seen this guy before. Uncredited guard in, in Iron Man 3. Can, Get out of here. You're nobody. You're not going to get to play the century. Cut till tomorrow when it says he's been cast as the century. And Breaking I have to news, eat my words. Marvel totally wanted Mitch to eat his own words. <laughs> so fair enough. You know, if he gets it, great. If they actually make a century, awesome. Uh, but I don't... I, I, this is just kind of destroyed my brain at this point. <laughs> the century being on te- television. Uh, <laughs> Phase four. The century parts one, two, three. <laughs> Ages of the century mini movie. Well, I mean, like, I, but, but going back to why I brought this up, where it's funny how actors now are pursuing it. Like, I love this hobby. I've loved this hobby for decades. You know, it, it's, it's, it's done so much for me. And so, yes, I'm very protective of it. You know, I'm like, well, I want to see it done right. And so it's funny because you'll see these people take on these characters and like i guess like because well i've been burned you have i've been we burned like have. i remember and I, I i like the first daredevil film i have i could sit down and watch it the three I'm, of us are the one of the few three that yeah, actually do that's <laughs> what we should do right after this podcast <laughs> but um i mean i can watch it and i remember one of the best things ever they put out this hardcover collection of the joe quesada kevin smith daredevil run so, like, the first eight issues, and I think it was actually, like, 16 books or something, like, 16 comics. And anyways, it had an introduction by Ben Affleck, and he was like, I'm so stoked. I love Daredevil. I'm going to bring this character to life. I'm going to be Daredevil. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the movie didn't, like, and okay, the movie had it rough. It was the first time you put a Marvel superhero film out on Valentine's Day. It was, you know, the early age of comic book films. So, yes, it didn't break the previous record. But it still made money. It still did a good job. 
So it just was like, well, we can't handle negative press. So sorry, Daredevil, you're done. <laughs> and then he he and you know, wait, this was this was as I like to call it the douchey Ben Affleck. You know, this was Ben Affleck before the town. You know, the town is Ben Affleck's rebirth. I love this new Ben Affleck. Anything before that, I just tolerated him. You know, and so you know, yes, he he got all whiny, crybaby about it, and he got butt hurt, which is fine. It happens. You know, yeah, I can imagine if you work really hard on something and it fails, you feel sad. I don't know. I work on things to be successful. Ooh, <laughs> But anyways, so after that. Um, I, I was like, okay, that hurt to hear, you know, like that, that was painful to see like, wow, here's this character you grew up loving. And now you're just like to the point where it's like, Oh, would you ever play daredevil again? Yeah. If my career sucks, well, <laughs> you made a guest spot in Electro, buddy, you know? So it's, it's one of those things. And yes, I know we're human and we say stuff and it, emotions run high and stuff like that. Um, the next time I got burned, Ryan Reynolds, you know, here he is as Green Lantern. Same thing. They took the, 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 the story arc Secret Origin. They rewrapped it up in a brand new cover. They sold it as, you know, oh, here's, here's the book to get ready for the Green Lantern movie. And it had an introduction by Ryan Reynolds. And you could tell the guy had not done his homework on Green Lantern. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Jeff John seems really fun. I like him. I'm going to like this movie. It'll be great. You know, I love Green Lantern. And now, exactly, same thing. He bashes it. And it's like, okay, yes, the movie happens. Don't bash the character on that, you know, like... But see, I don't think he... Uh, and this is my Ryan Reynolds fanboying, but I don't think he's bashing the Green Lantern. I think he's bashing the Green Lantern movie. Well, yeah, but I Which mean, was that's... obviously mishandled. Oh, it totally. It totally was. And um, and, and if anybody's fault, I, I blame Fox. Because they should have let him do the Dare, the Deadpool movie a long-ass time ago. But no, they were like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if a Deadpool thing would be a good thing. So, okay, well then I guess I'll so go do the Green Lantern Warner movie. Brothers to Fox. <laughs> you guys suck so hard, you ruined Green Lantern. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, there's obviously a lot, lot going yeah. against the Green no, Lantern I, at, this, at that point. Yeah. And, and you're right. It's... I do find I I, I I had the same the same conversation after the newest Fantastic Four movie came out right. because you have these four young actors and in all rights other than my hatred for Miles Teller all rights <laughs> these four act, young actors are really good they're they're all up and coming they're amazing actors and someone offers them a role in a superhero movie and an superhero iconic movie. superhero team but yeah superhero movies are doing amazing right now everybody yep. everybody that's that's in a superhero movie is making money <laughs> you know and 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 all of a sudden they're they're like all right we get i get this this way i can go do my art movie or i can go do my oscar movie after i make the money off this movie yep. and then i'll do you know i'll have to do sequels and stuff and it flops. It flops harder than anything else. Oh, God. It does a yeah. belly flop from the tenth story. When the director sends yeah. out a, a, a Twitter message the night of the big release where it's like, this isn't the movie I want you to see. It's like, ooh. So it, it flops good. so hard. You know, now that's going to leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And It killed the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Reed and Sue. Like, I, 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 I hope they show up in DC Rebirth. <laughs> you know, like, we're going to see a scene where, like, Barry reaches out and he, you know, he gets Mr. Fantastic and and. and woman he brings him back and it's like finally we'll give you love and appreciation because <laughs> marvel won't touch them you know it's like screw the fantastic four you know they did so bad they kicked ben Grimm into space <laughs> they like put him with the guardians yeah uh he, johnny storm fuck put him with the inhumans he'll have better luck with the inhumans than he would the fantastic four <laughs> so i mean and that's what you have and it's just you know it i felt i felt bad for them because they were in such a bad movie yeah. and i'm feel that make that i just sound stupid feeling bad for Hollywood stars that make a lot more money than I do just sitting around. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with feeling bad for people who have it better than you. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's enough of that. 
I think we're we're good on 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 Psylocke at this point. So uh, if you have something else that you want to add, either to our challenge, the news that we gave out earlier, or uh, the one hundred and one, go ahead and write into us. We're on we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Chris is. Stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D, so definitely hit me up on the Twitters. And then we are at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. We also have Geek Elite Radio on Facebook is where most of our conversation goes down. And as you can see, if you write in something, a challenge, uh, you, you want to hear a 101, you know, we will do it. We'll do our damnedest to try and do it, or we'll work around it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're, you're dissing our why the last one. I think it was awesome. Uh, no, okay, come on. Right. That Rick Jones book, you'd buy the I shit out of that. I would buy the shit out of that book. Thank you. I, you, you know, I just, I'm just saying, I just, I'm a little self-deprecating. No. But, uh, but you know, we would, we would we'd love to hear from you. So. All right, here. I'm going to give you a moment of redemption. Sorry to interrupt. All right. Let's see how quick you can do this. Who's your Marvel pick? My Marvel pick for yeah, Why the Last Man? Why the Last Man? Same situation, just one dude and one animal. If I, I'll give you the Marvel and universe. an animal. Well, yeah, I, I do he has a monkey. <laughs> you can still, you can still take Red Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Android one. Take you know the real what, one. <laughs> you know who I think would be a very interesting one, especially, and I think that I could make it work for him since he has the power cosmic. I would do. I would do Genis Vell if he was still around. Ooh, because, nice. You know, he has the he has that power cosmic, and he would be an interesting uh, character because he's so uninterested in people. Like, so like his whole idea of what's going on wouldn't he wouldn't care so much, but he would still interact. Like, yeah, that book was was so weird. Like, I, I have to admit, I didn't read a lot of Marvel or Captain Marvel back in the day. Right, right. But uh, I read Genisvel or his Captain Marvel run, and I thought it was—I thought he was such an interesting character. So, but his animal, uh, Red Wing. I don't, I don't know too many animals in the in the in the. Oh, you could take uh, the. Uh, dang it! I just forgot Lockjaw, Lockjaw, the dragon <laughs> from the X Men. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's, it's Lockheed. Lockheed, there you Lock go. Jaws the, Lock the Jaws mine. Yeah, the dog you took. Yeah. Uh, would, is, is Herbie count? The robot? <laughs> the robot from the Fantastic Four? I will, just because I want to see you have to write Herbie. <laughs> yeah, Peter Porker, the spider. I want, yeah, Herbie. I'll give you Herbie, just because you've got to make, like, if you could actually make Herbie interesting, interesting. <laughs> that would be amazing. There's people cosplaying Herbie. <laughs> Herbie, the last robot. <laughs> there you go. So that's that's what that would be for yeah, me. I, I, well, I, and I like, I like that because you, you're given, like, that's what's fun about these challenges is take characters that don't get love and re, re and give them something. Like, okay, lately on my mind, I, I've been thinking a lot about Dr. Midnight, the Peter Cross one. You know what? 2011 was New 52. I haven't seen the character since 2011. Will I see the character? I don't know. Which I is thought he was a great character. He, he was such a big part of the Justice Society. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, like, well, he was the go-to doctor of the DCU. He performed the autopsy on uh, Sue. Um, he performed and, the autopsy on, on Green Arrow, on yeah. Oliver. The, Did he? Even, even though it was the fake Oliver, but it was... Oh, that's Oliver. right. Yeah, yeah, during the during his book, yeah, and that was funny because remember he had a romance with Black Canary, and that's yes. when she left him. She was kind of like somebody's back, you know. <laughs> he's just like, oh, 
bastard. Because <laughs> Ollie would totally like, well, let me get a piece of this and then maybe we'll talk. <laughs> or if that doesn't work, I'll for sure be back, you know. <laughs> hey, pretty bird. You know, and instead, like, he got screwed over. So it's, I think it's neat. Like, this is a fun outlet to take these characters that we love that aren't used and like, all right, let's get them out there. We expose you guys to them and hopefully, you know, go check it out. So that's interesting is that, you know, you always try and find an equivalent of Daredevil in the, in the, in the DCU. I don't think Peter Cross ever comes up and he would be kind of the equivalent with this. Oh, he, I, his well, blindness. I, I like that, but also I like that they're, um, they're personalities. They're both driven men. It's true. I mean, you look one at, being you know, a lawyer, the other being a doctor. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very successful, you know, outside of the costume. Um, yeah, they're, they're very good. What's analogs? analogs of each other you know yeah. they're, they're definitely they're, they're they're there and yeah I, that's well that's part of you know my duality you know with these like i usually always pair up daredevil and, and dead man just because i like that they're both these guys who suffer through their religion and faith and they have d's on their on their chest yeah the red full suit costume very <laughs> acrobatic swashbuckler fellows but i mean lately i've been like oh man actually the better pick would be dr midnight yeah you know, and so yeah, it's it's definitely um, you know, and they're both street level people because that's actually that's one thing I forgot about. One of the neat things about Doctor Midnight was he had his his basically hospital on the go. You know, like yeah. if there was some lady down the street who had chest pains, you know, he would just show up with some of his sidekicks or nurses aides or whatever he was calling them, and they would help out. He was basically like the first WebMD before there was Web. <laughs> like honestly, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was reading a Doctor Midnight comic and was like. That's a good idea. Let's create WebMD, you know? So they did that. And then, you know, uh, Nelson and Murdoch, you know, they're all about helping the people on the streets, the common man. So it's like, yeah, here's your hospital and your lawyer right here, you know, in the slums of, you know, Portsmouth and, and Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> all right, Chris. So to end it all, this has been uh, Imagine If presents Characters 101. Oh, wait. Do we have a correction? We have a... We have a Question or correction uh, from the peanut Storm, gallery. Uh, Storm was a horseman of the apocalypse in a comic book. It just was a what if. What if Legion had killed Xavier and Magneto? So if you didn't hear oh, that, okay. it was uh, Chris Jeetzy of Greek Elite Radio who said that Storm was a horseman of the apocalypse. Do you know which one? No, okay. <laughs> she was a horseman of the apocalypse. I want to say famine, but I know for sure she was famine in um, the movie, right? Uh, no, X Men Evolution. X Men Evolution. Oh, okay, so it probably makes it makes sense to have her be famine. So yeah. she would uh, in uh, the what if storyline. What if Legion had killed Xavier and Magneto? Had killed Xavier and Magneto. So there you go. There is precedent. Kind of of a storm being a horseman. Well, I'll tell you what. That's actually that's. A, I'll have to check that what if down because you know, like that that basically is the story. The ages of apocalypse are the age of apocalypse, and in the, that story, he goes back and kills Xavier. So you kill your own father, you cease to exist. Time warp. Next, you know, apocalypse is in power. But man, like with Magneto surviving, he was the one who carried on the dream to make you know the x-men and stuff like that you wipe both them out that would have been a shitty world wow i'll have to track down that one if <laughs> the hulk was also a horseman in that story Jeez! wow I, oh, so then apocalypse wins yes. <laughs> okay probably yeah. i'm guessing hulk was death everything <laughs> probably war <laughs> nope Pestilence. Pestilence, yeah. that's just strange. Right? <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> no, I have no idea. 
All right. So for the third time. This Just is, wait a minute, you. <laughs> this has been Imagine If Presents Characters 101 Psylocke. Oh, no. <laughs> Stan Lee. <laughs> Excelsior, everyone. <laughs> on, great, on Geekly Radio saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.